0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. Evil minds at plot destruction Death construction in the fields of bodies burning as the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind, poisoning their brainwashed minds. Wealth of the Anarchist World this week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Well, welcome to the anarchist, world, the anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. I'm uh, somewhere out there in the uh, wilderness. The studio at 3CR in Melbourne is, uh, is uh, broadcasting this program. And uh, so uh, we're doing what we can in difficult times. So there may be a few technical issues. Don't worry about them. Uh, we will sort them out over the next few weeks. Now, if you're wondering what anarchism is all about... An anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power, which are based on uh, sharing of wealth. So what's an anarchist? Simple concept. An anarchist is somebody who wants to live in a society without rulers. What gives rulers power? Well, obviously, inequalities in power and wealth is what gives rulers power. So the anarchist struggle is the struggle to devolve power, that's share power, and the struggle to share wealth. So if you're involved in that struggle at any level, uh, you are, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are basically an anarchist. So if you're involved in those struggles, you're an anarchist. Now, look, today I've got a few issues. My name's Joseph Tosco, and as I said today, I've got a few issues I want to look at. But first of all, I'd like to thank all those people that have been... uh, joining public interest before corporate interests now uh, it's important to remember that a swallow doesn't make a summer that although we've had a, a number of uh, new applications in the last uh, week or so we still need about another 120 people to uh, uh, to join public interest before corporate interests before we can actually uh, register as a federal political party so think about it uh, You know, you've got a choice in life. I've always said this. You can either be a spectator or you can be a player. And uh, unfortunately, in a parliamentary democracy, most of us, most people tend to be spectators. They pay their money, which is they vote every three years and they sit in the sidelines and shout and scream and pay their money another three years' time. So if you really want to change things, and that's what this program is about. This program is not about giving, you know, Commentary. It's about encouraging you to get involved in struggles, to change things, to share wealth, share power. That's what the anarchist world uh, this week is all about. So, I've decided that I believe in heaven and earth. You know, I must be the heaven and hell. I should say, I must be the first uh, anarchist. Uh, or oh, sorry, I must be the first atheist who is now believes in heaven. And hell, You know why I believe in heaven and hell? Because I've been looking at the financial belief systems that investors, businesses and the public uh, believe. And these are financial be- belief systems. And I've just been amazed. It makes the idea of heaven and hell look like a, a foregone conclusion, a reality. Because we live in a society in 2020 which is based on a heap of lies. It's based on a heap of beliefs. And uh, what the COVID 19 crisis has done, it's accelerated capitalism's existential crisis. That's right, capitalism's existential crisis. It has accelerated it. So, what are these beliefs? Now, in the last six weeks, 14 trillion US dollars, about 21 trillion Australian dollars. Of monopoly money have been poured into the stock market and this is artificially kept the stock market at below about 25 percent its peak a few about six weeks ago this is monopoly money it's not real money we're talking about quantitative easing which is a fancy word for saying printing money you don't even have to print money these days you just give a few billion dollars to the bank and say there keep them keep things going and then we've got zero uh, interest rates. And in some parts of the world, we've got negative interest rates. So, extraordinary when you really think about it. You know, paper money is an interesting concept because money itself, as we know, is basically a mechanism by which people um, do business around the world. It's all about money. Either it's paper money or, uh, you know, uh, these days it's money that just appears in your account. And it is based on the concept of people trusting that paper money is trustworthy, that no matter how much is whisked into being. And what we are seeing through quantitative easing and zero and negative interest rates is money being created out of thin air. And we're not talking about a dollar... We're not talking about billions of dollars. We're talking about trillions of dollars which are poured into the bond market as nation-states around the world attempt to stabilise the good-ship capitalism. It's just extraordinary when you think about it. So it is a financial belief system that creates this money. So why is it important to you or me? Well, it's important to you or me because each and every Australian is now a capitalist. The transformation that has occurred in Australia in the last 40 years has been extraordinary. What we have seen is a radical change in the mindset of the Australian public. And even if you've got a radical anti-capitalist viewpoint, you are still a capitalist if you have superannuation. So, what is capitalism? Capitalism is a simple concept of private investment for private profit. That is the very essence, the heartbeat, the soul of a capitalist society. And we've seen this currently in the struggle between those who want to protect lives and those who actually want to promote profits as far as uh, opening up the community of COVID-19 crisis. So... Private investment for private profit has been shown to be wanting. But what's even more extraordinary is the fact that in order to keep this financial system afloat, in order to ensure that people continue to uh, be part of this financial system, that we are now, uh, central banks around the world, are creating Trillions of dollars, which they're using in the bond market in order to stabilise the current situation. Now, unfortunately, sooner or later, this needs to be paid back. That's right, it may be a year, it may be two years, it may be 10 years, it may be 20 years, but it needs to be paid back. End of story. If it's not paid back, what we see is inflation and eventually hyperinflation, which is basically the final nail in the coffin of corporate capitalism. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the last dance of corporate capitalism. What the COVID-19 crisis has done is accelerated capitalism's existential crisis. And when I talk about existential crisis, I'm talking a crisis of existence. Big debts, low interest rates, Quantitative easing, corporate domination of every aspect of our lives is all has been found to be wanting. And unfortunately, what we're going to see soon, the next uh, year or so, is the destruction of the myth that paper money is trustworthy. Once the public loses faith in the idea of public of uh, paper money and uh, virtual money being trustworthy, because the nation states which have created this debt crisis in order to save their corporate mates actually not able to pay back the debt by screwing you over the next few years, then you have major issues. We're seeing it in Lebanon today with hyperinflation, business uh, people taking to the streets, people demand radical change as I speak, and we'll see it around the world, including Australia, because the trillion dollars which the Australian government has used to uh, bail out the economy temporarily over the next six months in this country will need to be paid back. So we are at a critical juncture as far as capitalism is concerned, as far as people's everyday lives is concerned, and we are seeing the neoliberal dinosaurs Fighting back, saying we need to uh, open up that labour market, which means no basic wage, remove all the uh, uh, all the things that have made us uh, uh, a reasonable country to live in, and the list, the list goes on and off. So we have major issues. We have major issues currently uh, uh, with, uh, with with this. Say, look, oh, we've got a bit of a problem here, but we'll sort it out, don't worry. It'll all stop in a minute or two. So what I'm saying is we have major issues that need to be sorted out today. They need to be sorted out today. And they're not going to be sorted out by us being spectators. We need to be players. We need to be active. And the whole point of the anarchist world this week is to actually goad people into action. So think about it. If you have a financial system which makes heaven and hell look like a reality, we've got a big problem. And if we've got trillions of dollars of monopoly money which has been created out of thin air which needs to be paid back at a later date, we have big problems. Because you know why? Because... Who do you think, who do you think will be paying back money? Do you think it's going to be the corporate sector? Or do you think it's going to be your children and grandchildren who are going to be saddled with that debt? Or do you think it's all those people with their superannuation funds? No. Do you think it's going to be, it's uh, not going to be them? It is not going to be the rich and powerful if we let them get away with it. Because what they will need to do in six months' time when the COVID-19 crisis has been resolved by either vaccination or it's uh, petered out uh, because of social distancing laws, uh, we will have a major issue. Currently, this is the honeymoon stage. This is the honeymoon stage. I mean, you may think I'm being a little bit melodramatic when I'm talking about capitalism's existential crisis. But it's a real crisis. It's a little bit like having a number of credit cards. And every time you max out a credit card, you get another credit card. And you max that out, and you get another credit card. Then you get another credit card. It comes, you come to the stage where nobody is going to give you another credit card. And that house of cards that you've created will come tumbling down. That's right. will come tumbling down. That's what will happen. It will come tumbling down. And that's why it's important that we look at alternatives and currently we are doing that by trying to create a new political party. I can see you shrugging your shoulders, rolling your eyes and saying, what's the point? Well, there is a lot of point. We need to be playing. That's public interest before corporate interest. If you are interested, go to pipsy.net. You can now download the application form by going to info at Pipsy, dot net. I mean, as I said before, you can be a spectator or you can be a player, because it doesn't matter how many radio programs I do, how many conversations you have, how many people you, you, you talk to, the only thing they are frightened of is people playing the game, getting in there and uh, giving them a run for their money. And that's what public interest before corporate interest is about. It's about making players from spectators. We're all political spectators. Now, let's get back to that original concept I was talking about, the fact that we are all little capitalists, uh, whether we like it or not. Let's talk about that. Now, today, through the privatisation of old age, which is superannuation, most people in this country who have a job or have had a job, have a superannuation, uh, have their money in a superannuation fund, and that superannuation fund is basically invest its money in shares, stocks, bonds. Fifty percent of the current uh, transactions which are occurring on the Australian stock market, as I speak, uh, will be from superannuation companies. So we've got now the ridiculous situation of where workers, retirement nest eggs are being invested in a very system that exploits their labour. At the same time, we've had a number of legislative changes in this country, which have made investors kings and queens. We have franking credits for people who buy shares. We have negative gearing for people who have tons of houses which the, and businesses which they rent out, and the list goes on and on. So we've got 8% of Australians who've jumped in, feet and all, who are now big investors who see their future tied in with the system itself. We have the 1% that owns immense production, distribution, exchange and communication. The same old, uh, the same old crew. And then we have millions of Australians who have superannuation, which is a forced saving made by the government. So you pay for your own retirement. And when you see that most of that so one way or another, we are all little capitalists. We're involved in the struggle private investment for private profit. And I think it's important that we start changing that reality. That reality needs to be changed. We start we should start thinking about different ways of opening up the economy. Different ways of looking at things, and a lot of that revolves around things like expanding the public sector, uh, creating a third tier of the economy through collectives, and, and uh, collectives and cooperatives, and the list goes on and on. So there are a lot of things that are there that we can actually look at, approach, and do to change the political debate. Because if you think that political debate and ideas have died during the COVID-19 crisis, they haven't. They've accelerated because those who currently exercise power know that in six months' time, we're not going to be mates. It's funny, isn't it? Remember the good old days when they used to talk... Oh, well, only three months ago, they used to have dull bludgers, lifters and leaners. Uh, They had robo-debt. They, had, uh, they started uh, hassling single parents. Because you've you got to understand, the only people who aren't capitalists in Australian society are basically the 30% of Australians who are on Social Security benefits. I mean, uh, they're not capitalists. But the rest of us, and that includes me, we're all little capitalists, whether we like it or not. But, but, you know, so we're all mates now, aren't we? We're all in the same boat. We're rowing in the same direction. We're trying to get away from COVID-19. We're all looking at ourselves. and There's no more dull bludges. You know, there's no more them and us. There's no more Muslims. There's no more, you know, gays. There's, the list goes on and on, you know. There's no, no more of that uh, them and us business. But you wait in six months. You wait when the government attempts to regulate the economy in terms of giving the reins of power back to the corporate sector. Who do, do you privatising what is left uh, in government hands. And that includes one of the most essential features of Australian society, which which has been you know brought home to us with the COVID-19 crisis, and that's the National Broadband Network. So think about it. They've privatised a lot of the water, uh, especially in the rural sector. They've privatised many things. They've privatised the airways and see the disaster that's happened. They privatised the banking system. They privatised the uh, Commonwealth Bank. They've privatised most of the public service. And look at the disaster that has been. It's just an extraordinary situation we find ourselves in. They don't forget that privatisation of the NBN is on their agenda. It is on their agenda today. And if they had their way... They will privatise it as soon as this crisis is over and say that, oh, we need the money in order to pay back the trillion dollars that we have to use to help people during the COVID-19 crisis. So think about it. So we are involved in struggle and political struggle, social struggle, cultural struggle. We are involved in that struggle now, right now. We are involved in that struggle. And if we think we can rest on our laurels and do nothing and it'll go away, it will not go away because already uh, government and the corporate sector have come together and are working ways via which to save corporate capitalism because it is in crisis around the world. What are things that we can look at? Well, things we can look at as, as, as alternatives. Are one, a uh, universal basic income, which I've talked about for ages, for years now. A universal basic income is essential in order to shock-proof Australian society. The COVID-19 crisis has highlighted pandemics are a uh, future issue. We're not in a 100 uh, Event one hundred year event. They're uh, they're there all the time. Potential is there all the time. There's potential with war when we see the saber rattling in China. There's potential of natural disasters, which we saw with the floods and the fires just a few months ago. Although it seems like years ago. So there is. So we need a basic universal income in order to shockproof society from future threats. And as I said before, you can you can actually finance this very easily through a 1% stock market turnover tax every time a, a stock share or bond is bought or sold. The 1% goes automatically into the treasury. That could raise up to 50 billion dollars a year, and we need a 1% turnover tax every time you know there is a purchase or whatever. It's not a GST, but a turnover tax, not a goods and services tax but a turnover tax, which basically hits the financial sector, which is basically excluded from the goods and services tax, which they're talking about increasing to 50% in order to recoup some money. And as we know, the goods and services tax has a maximal, maximal impact on the poor and those on low wages. We know that, and uh, that's why it needs to be... If you're listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network, this program has been, is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It is broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscano. Now, a few useful uh, addresses, websites, Facebook pages, and the list goes on and on. If you want to join public interest before corporate interest, just become a player not a spectator, stop being a spectator, and get on the field and to help to change things. Public interest before corporate interest, you go to Pipsi, pibci.net, P I B C I.net, download the application form. I'm still uh, answering letters and good to see letters come in. You can write to me, Joseph Toscano or AMI at post office box twenty parkville 3052, Post Office Box 20, bill 3052. I've been grateful for all the calls uh, across Australia regarding people who are interested in joining public interest before corporate interest. You can leave a message on 0439395489, 0439395489. You can go to a number of... uh, You can go to the Anarchist Institute webpage, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. You can go to my Facebook page, Joseph Toscano, or Toscano for the Public, but the more popular one is Joseph Toscano. You can go to the YouTube uh, presentation. I do one YouTube presentation every week, and the YouTube channel is Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest you can go to is to spend and spend public housing, public housing everybody's business, and the list goes on and on and on and on. They don't say there are no ways by which you can communicate. There are many ways and if one way it doesn't work, there's always another way. And remember, this program is podcast. It is produced from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, although I broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. That's right, the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au That's 3cr.org.au right, let's move on because we've still got got, uh, at least another 25-30 minutes to go. Geopolitical reality. Now, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm Feeling sorry for the people of the United States of America. Really sorry. (laughs) But in many regards, they've only got themselves to blame because they did elect a buffoon as president. A real buffoon, A man who thinks he has absolute power, although there are checks and balances in the system in that country. A real buffern. And it's interesting how people tend to deflect criticism. We're always looking for scapegoats when we make mistakes. And if there's one country that has made a lot of errors, mainly politically, uh, as far as COVID-19 is concerned, who have refused to listen to experts, who have just gone their own way and put profits before people, it's the United States of America with an infection rate of over a million and uh, almost um, 60,000 people dead. And uh, it is quite an extraordinary situation. But what I find extraordinary is how the buffoon who claims to be... Pre- well, he was, was elected as president. Um, I remember when Abby Hoffman in the 60s put up a pig as president, but he never got elected. But I wouldn't want to compare Mr Trump with a pig because that would be... going for some of our closest DNA relatives. But going going back, it's, it's a really exceptionally sad situation. I don't want to comment much on it, but I just want to highlight the differences. Why we find ourselves in a better situation and it's not just because of government policy. It's not just because of a, the Morrison government. It's not because of the Morrison government. We've got this noise again. It's because we find ourselves in a situation where we have infrastructure in this country which was built by the labour of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Australian workers. We have a public health system. We have a pharmaceutical benefit scheme. We have uh, Medicare. We have a social security net important thing to remember is that over the last 40 years, governments of all political views, especially neoliberal coalition governments, have done everything they can to destroy these structures which protect us as a community. Trade unions, public hospitals, Medicare, pharmaceutical benefits scheme and during this deregulation privatization globalization corporatization phase is it's been just extraordinary how much how much uh, problems have been created so what can we say there's not much we can say at the minute all we can say is is, that we find ourselves in this position and the United States of America finds itself in its position, not just because of its leadership, but more so because of what's actually happening. That's the dilemma. That is the dilemma. Because we have structures in place which we created by the blood, sweat, tears... Dollars and cents of ordinary Australians who have been pillar, who have been pillory, ostracised, marginalised, criminalised for trying to create an inclusive, egalitarian community, while well, those people who have uh, promoted private profits, uh, promoted capitalism, are the ones that are the ones who get the uh, you know, these, what's the word? They get the things on New Year's Day. They get the gongs. They get the gongs while everybody else is, you know, is some type of public enemy number one. So let's not forget, we are not public enemy number one. For many decades, working people, people on Social Security benefits, people on in low income have been working very hard to create an egalitarian community, to create at least a community that has a reasonable social security network. That's the situation we currently find ourselves in. And the differences can be highlighted because of the structures we have. Now, let's look at the public service. Now, what's happened in this country over the last 20 years, or 30 years, up to 30 years, is the destructions of the independence of the public service. We now no longer have independent members, heads of departments in this country. The heads of departments, uh, public service departments in this country, are political appointees who basically nod when the government nods at them because the government can remove them from power. Remember when Barnaby Joyce removed from power the head of his department because he wouldn't agree with him because he didn't have the same ideas. So what we see is a politicisation of the public service. At the same time, we are seeing a corporatisation of the public service. That's right, a corporatisation of the public service. What we are seeing is the public service being outsourced. Uh, the activity of the public service being outsourced. Look at that example. People think public hospitals are all public. They're not. Food production, outsourced. Cleaning, outsource. People uh, who are ward staff, outsource. Pathology, outsourced. All outsourced to the private sector. We see it in the prison system. We see uh, privatisation occurring by stealth. We see it in Centrelink. We even see them in the military forces where many activities of, of the Australian armed forces have been outsourced. And they haven't been outsourced because it's more efficient, but they've been outsourced because it fits the current ideological concerns of government and opposition. Ideological concerns that go to corporatisation, globalisation, deregulation and privatization. And so once you have outsourced services, and we see it with childcare, we see it with the aged care sector, uh, where we outsourced the provision of aged care services to the private sector, we see it in telecommunications, we see it in water, and the list goes on and on. You'll find that for every dollar the taxpayer gives to an organisation which is looking after a public interest, in inverted commas, $0.40 cents goes in administration costs and profits. $0.60 cents goes towards providing that service. So the outsourcing, the outsourcing has created a, a huge amount of difficulty for a lot of people. And we're very fortunate that in this country there have been people like you and me, trade unionists, activists, uh, people who have stood together shoulder to shoulder despite the odium, despite the police harassment, who stood shoulder to shoulder to ensure that at least we have a basic social security system, at least we have a basic public hospital sector. So what we need to remember is that this is not over. When COVID-19 virus is cornered, it is not over. It is the beginning of the struggle because we need... To roll back the changes that were made. I'm not going to use the word reform because the word reform means to make better. But the changes that were made to ensure that, that uh, big business, big corporations dominated every aspect of our existence. Not only do they dominate every aspect of our existence, but I said at the beginning of the program we have the issue of quantitative easing when they create money out of thin air negative interest rates, forcing people to become capitalists by investing superannuation money in our stock markets and bonds and all the wonderful things that they get up to. So think about it. Look, I can speak for the next 20 hours, and uh, it's not going to make much difference. But if we do form a uh, political party like Public Interest before Corporate interests, we get more people involved, we get people talking about universal basic incomes, mutual aid, collective, cooperatives, strong uh, public sector, get rid of outsourcing, uh, uh, strengthen the public education sector, and the list goes on and on. Talk about localization, local production, uh, and, the, and the list goes on and on. Then maybe, then maybe we can create a political and social and cultural movement which will turn this ship around. Because currently, as I said at the beginning of the program, what the COVID-19 crisis has done is accelerated capitalism's existential crisis. You cannot build a home on quicksand. And currently, we are standing up to our necks in financial quicksand, where government have been creating money out of thin air to prop up the current system. And that money has to be paid. And my great fear is hyperinflation. And I've already seen inflation, something that a few groceries that cost me $33 a few weeks ago have now gone up to $55. That's an increase of 80%. And I think a lot of people are beginning to see the increase in basic food necessities. You know, it's a real increase, but the dilemma is hyperinflation. And hyperinflation spells the death knell of corporate capitalism because when hyperinflation occurs, businesses go bankrupt. People lose their jobs. People lose their savings. People lose their superannuation. And the way the economic system is going is we are moving toward a period of hyperinflation, which is going to create huge issues, not just in Australia, but around the world. And if you want to see what hyperinflation means, look at what's happening in Lebanon today, and you will see what hyperinflation means. And if you think we are protected from the idea of hyperinflation, think again, because... Governments no longer have any levers by which to control inflation. Interest rates are down to nothing, virtually nothing 0.25 percent in australia, 0.25 percent in Australia. There is so much monopoly money out there which is being created out of thin air to keep the system afloat that we've almost reached the stage of where the credit card, the corporate credit card, the world credit card, the World Bank credit card uh, has been maxed out. And when that's maxed out, people lose their trust in paper money. They lose their trust in virtual money. And when people begin to lose their trust in paper and virtual money, what that means is they will find themselves in a situation where everything is up to the crowds, where people lose everything. And historically, we've seen this over and over again in the history of capitalism. The difference today is that quantitative easing, the creation of money out of nothing and giving it to the private banks to lend out to people, that is at an extraordinary amount trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Just an extraordinary amount. And if you think I'm exaggerating, if you think I've lost me marbles, if you think that, you know, I'm just talking garbage, look at it yourself. Look at the amount of money that's been poured, monopoly money poured into the stock market to artificially keep it elevated. Look at the amount of money that's going to be used. Uh, So the problem isn't COVID-19. I mean, COVID-19 is a problem, but it is a problem that will eventually be contained. It is a problem that will eventually be uh, uh, dealt with. COVID-19 isn't the problem. The problem is corporate capitalism. The problem is private investment for private profit. The problem is the creation of an economy that is only based on private investment for private profit. That is the essential problem. And we've escaped a bullet in this country because, as I keep saying, of the efforts of many people over generations to create institutional structures which provide a safety net for all Australians, irrespective of what they earn. All right, let's move on, mate. We've done a lot of economic stuff today, and I think it's important that we move on because uh, May Day is around the corner. Uh, May Day is on the first of May, a few days away. And I, Usually at this time of year, I just like to talk about the uh, history of May Day because there's a lot of garbage written about May Day. So, May Day, both in both internationally and in Australia, has is interlinked with the history of the anarchist movement. Believe it or not, in 1884 at a conference of the Federated Trade and Labor Union, the United States and Canada, which was held in the United States, the conference decided that on the 1st of May, 1886, would be a day of international demonstrations for the eight-hour day. And in Chicago on the 1st of May, 1886, over 30,000 workers went on strike, over 80,000 went to Barton demonstrations for the half-hour day. Two days later, on the 3rd of May, striking workers met outside McCormick's Harvesting Machine Company uh, shops in Chicago, and the Chicago police fired on the workers and killed four workers and wounded many others. The Chicago anarchists, who were quite strong in the Labor movement in the 1880s, in the organised a protest at Haymarket Square the next evening. A few hundred people turned up. At the end of the protest, somebody threw a bomb at the police line, killing one police officer. The police uh, panicked. They fired indiscriminately at the crowd, killing another seven police, four demonstrators, and wounding hundreds. Well, as you'd expect, the cry went up, and eight prominent anarchists, only three of whom were uh, at the demonstration, Albert Parsons, August Spies, and Samuel Fieldman, spoke at the rally were charged with conspiracy to commit murder. Now the yellow press, uh, Murdoch's uh, forebears um, were obviously involved in the uh, whipping up hysteria and uh, all eight were found guilty and seven were sentenced to death and one Oscar Needy was sentenced to 15 years imprisonment. Uh, two related uh, sentences were committed to life sentences. Now on the 11th of November 1887, that famous day again, the 11th of November 1887 August spies George Engel, Adolf Fisher and Albert Parsons were ha- hanged in Chicago and obviously all eight men were victims of the widespread hysteria which was uh, whipped up by the Chicago media. It was later proved that All eight men had nothing to do with the bombing and those that were executed and those that were imprisoned received a full pardon. And I'll repeat it again. All eight men received a full pardon, although five had been executed and one had committed suicide the night before. In Australia, on the 1st of May, 1886, brothers David and William Andre. Heeding the call of the Federated trade and Labour Unions of the United States and Canada, launched the Melbourne Anarchist Club, Australia's first anarchist organisation. Three years later, in July, on the 4th of July, 1889, International Labour Conference, the Second International, decided to make the first of May a great day of international demonstrations for workers. An Australian delegate from Sydney, trade union delegate, John Norton, attended the conference on behalf of the Australian trade union movement. Members of the Melbourne Anarchist Club celebrated the 1st of May 1887 and 1888 for a number of public meetings and and lectures. And on the 1st of May 1892... A public celebration was held at the Yarra Bank in Melbourne to mark May Day and the meeting was organised by the well-known Melbourne anarchist Chummy Fleming who had a little laneway named after him in Carlton. And let's not forget the first Australian May Day celebrations and demonstrations were held in Barkalding in Queen Dane, Ipswich, at the height of a shearer strike in 1891. Hundreds of thousands of people took part, 600 shearers were mounted on horseback, The Eureka flag was flowing at this demonstration. So May Day is an important day. It continues to be an important day and we encourage people to celebrate in their own way uh, during this COVID-19 crisis on Friday the 1st of May. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week. We've had a few technical issues which we've overcome. Uh, You'll continue to uh, hear the Anarchist World this week. Technical issues are no technical issues, courtesy of the uh, Community Radio Network and courtesy of of Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne, where the uh, program is uh, produced. I think it's important to remember that we need to keep struggling during this period. And one way we can do that is to raise the ideas that are raised in this program. Another way we can do it is by joining public interest before corporate interest. And as I said before, you can download the application form from PIBCI.net. Because you've got to remember, as as I said before, you can be a spectator or a player. Spectators, pay their money, watch it live, watch it on TV, watch it on a streaming service, carry on, but have no impact, minimal impact on the game. Or you can be a player. And in a parliamentary democracy, to be a player means that you need to be able to intervene in the, in the parliamentary elections in one way or another. And one good way is by joining the political party that has a radical agenda that promotes uh, the public interest before corporate interest. It promotes a universal basic income. It promotes the idea of a uh, universal education system, a, uh, a social, a positive social security net, the the public, the um, nationalisation of many aspects of this country. Because why should those who've made so much profit at the expense of so many continue their lifestyle post COVID 19. They know they are under pressure. They know change is a possibility. They know that we can, through our efforts, change things. And I can assure you the chummy, them and us uh, the coalition that's occurred over the last few weeks is going to dissipate as we demand that it's not going to be business as usual, as we demand security for the Australian people, as we demand security for our children and grandchildren, as we demand a better world based on egalitarian principles. And that's what this program is about. It's about to encourage you to get involved. If you're not interested in anything that I've raised, I'm sure you'll find something out there to get involved in. But you cannot continue to be a spectator if we wish to change things, and things must change. If there's one thing the COVID-19 crisis has highlighted, is that change is not only possible and desirable, but it's practical and essential. You can listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. I've been hosting today's program. You can leave a message on 0439 395 489. You can go to the YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests. You can, uh, uh, you can uh, go to Facebook pages, uh, Toscano for the Public, Joseph Toscano if they're mixed in public housing, public housing everybody's business, you can go to the website, uh, uh, you know, the website, fibsy.net, anarchismedia.org, and the list goes on and on. But ultimately, whether Australia changes or not, doesn't depend on me, it depends on you. I mean, I can, you know, do what I can, which isn't much really in the scheme of things, when you look at things, but, Ultimately, it's people together, it's solidarity, it's mutual aid. It's people coming together that changes society. That's what changes things. It's people coming together, working together for a common goal. I think the important thing to remember is hope, the love child of desire and expectation is something that we can all aspire to. And millions of people, tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people, over generations will be involved in that struggle to create the society we have today. And we will continue that struggle till we draw our last breath, because if we don't continue that struggle, the neoliberal dinosaurs will once again reign in this country. Thank you for, living, for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can go to the YouTube, uh, you YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. You can uh, go to my Facebook page, Joseph Toscana. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20. Parkville 3052. You can join public interest by for corporate interest by going to pipsy.net. If you not computer literate, you can always write to me or phone me and I'll send you out an application form. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week broadcast across Australia courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program has been produced uh, outside the GDS of Community Radio CCR we can't go into the studio anymore until the crisis is over and we all understand that thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station evil minds that plot destruction Death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, large